0: Lesson number forty-eight, Surah Al Imran, Ayah number one hundred and ten to one hundred and twenty. Kuntum khayra ummatin. You are the best nation, Ukhrijat lin-nas that has been produced for mankind. What do you do? bil Maroof, You enjoin what is right, Wa tanhouna alilmunkar. And you forbid that which is wrong. Wa tuaminuna billah. And you believe in Allah. Kuntum, the word kuntum gives the meaning of antum, meaning you, O Muslim Ummah, are khayra ummatin. Apparently, the word kuntum, yes, it is a verb of past tense, but it doesn't mean you were the best nation. It means you are, you will be, you shall be, always. Because the word kana doesn't necessarily give the meaning of past tense, but it also gives the meaning of perpetuity of asifa. Of an attribute. That when an attribute is constant. So for example, in the Qur'an, we learn about the attributes of Allah. وَكَانَ Allahu ghafur If you translate it, literally, it will mean that Allah was forgiving and merciful. But is that what it means? No, it means that Allah is ever attributed with the attribute of forgiveness and mercy. So Allah was, is, will be, always. Forgiving and merciful. Wa can Allahu aziz and hakima. Okay. So likewise, kuntum khayra ummatin. You are, meaning you are really the best nation. Kuntum. The direct address over here is to who? The Prophet sallallahu and his companions, because they were the ones who were the first recipients of this ayah. But remember that the meaning is not just limited to them. It is applicable to the entire ummah. That you, O oh Muslim ummah, are khayra ummatin. You are the best nation, the best people, the best community. Why? You have been produced for the people. أخرجت, from the root letters, kh-ra-jim From the word khuruj, which is to come out. And أَخْرَجَ يُخْرِجُ إِخْرَاج is not just when something comes out, the word is also used for production, when something is produced, when something is created. Or when something comes into view. When something comes into view. When does something come into view? When it rises up, when it grows. For example, if a plant is very very small, at the beginning, at the initial stages, is it visible? Hardly. But once it grows, once it rises up, then it is visible from a very, very far place as well. Isn't that so? There's a place where we used to live in, Pakistan, and my sister, she put a seed of mango fruit, okay, in the backyard of the house. Alright? And this was years and years and years ago. Now that I visited that house after maybe a decade or so, I saw that there was a huge mango tree. Huge mango tree over there. Now, when we were there, for as long as we were there, that tree, that plant was hidden. But now that it has grown, it is visible from the end of the street. It is visible from a very far place. So, likewise, أخرجت Linnas أخرجت أخرجا يخرجوا meaning you have risen up, you have grown, you have come to be as the best nation. أُخْرِجَتْ لِلنَّاسِ You have been produced, made to appear as, you have been made to rise as the best nation. And we see that many nations have appeared in the past, have risen in the past. But we see that the nations that have risen in the past were they really for the benefit of the people. If there was a nation, an empire that grew, that rose, that gained power, was it for the benefit of people necessarily? No. It was for their own you know objectives for their own selfish gains for their establishment of power in order to secure more lands in order to secure more resources for themselves not necessarily for the benefit of people but we see that the muslim ummah allah says about it that you have come to rise as the best nation linas for the people meaning for the benefit of people You have not come to view, you have not come to appear as a selfish nation, someone who's just concerned about their dunya, to earn dunya and serve the dunya, but in order to benefit mankind, all of humanity at large. And if you think about it, someone is special, not because of what they own, not because of what they have for themselves. When is someone special? When they benefit others when they bring benefit to the community. Then they are valuable. Then they are the best person. Recently someone we know passed away and the whole community is remembering that individual. The whole community. Everybody talks about that person. It's been over a month, but still the family is visited by friends and relatives and even people whom they do not know for condolences. Because this one individual contributed so much, helped so many people, cared for so many people, that now that one person is gone, everybody remembers him. So, ukhrijat linnas. You have been produced for the benefit of people. You have been created. You have been given victory and supremacy, not so that you enjoy this dunya, but so that you benefit people. And how do you benefit people? People can be benefited in many ways, through many works of welfare. You know, people can be fed, they can be given housing, they can be given an education. Many things can be done. But we see that the best deed that can be done, the best favor that can be shown to people is what? That which is mentioned over here. And that bil maruf You command that which is good. By telling people about that which is good, so that they can do it. If you don't tell people what good is, can they do it? No. And notice the word maruf. we have done this in detail earlier. It's that which is recognized as good by the intellect, by the religion, by the people. I mean, people know it to be as good. So your job, O Muslim Ummah, is that you order that which is good. And you can only order that which is good when you do it yourself. And at the same time, وَتَنْهَوْنَ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ And you forbid that which is wrong. Munkar, the exact opposite of ma'ruf, Meaning, that which is known as wrong, it's rejected by the aql, it's rejected by the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's rejected by the people, meaning it's not acceptable at all. So you forbid such actions, you forbid such behavior. وَتَنْهَوْنَ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ And, وَتُؤْمِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ And you also believe in Allah. You also believe in Allah. Now there are many people who will stand up for justice, who will condemn that which is wrong. Many people will do that, whether or not they believe in Allah. Right? But we see that what makes the Muslim ummah special, what makes the Muslim ummah better, is, Wa tu'minuna billah, That you do all of this with Iman. Because when a person does a good action with Iman, then that good action will be accepted by Allah, then it will be rewarded. Then that action will benefit a person in this world and in the hereafter. And when a person does amr Bil Ma'ruf and nahy al Munkar with Iman, then he's not just helping the dunya of the people, meaning the worldly life of people. But he's also striving to make their akhirah better. You know, One is that you're just concerned about the well-being of a person in this life, that he's hungry, he doesn't have clothes, he doesn't have a house, he doesn't have a family, he doesn't have a job, he doesn't know any better. So you're concerned about them, yes, very good. But imagine on that day, on the day of judgment, when people will come empty-handed, naked, unaccompanied, alone, furada, all by themselves, then don't you pity them when they will come in that state? That state is much more pitiful. Because we know that on the Day of Judgment, no ransom will help a person. No friend, no intercession, nothing can help a person. No family member can help. Unless and until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows. So yes, when people suffer in this world, we feel sorry for them. But if a person suffers in the hereafter, then we should feel even more sorry for them. This is why you're not just concerned about the dunya of the people, you're concerned about the akhirah of people. And this is true sincerity. This is true well wishing. Umar ibn Khattab عنه, he said something very beautiful about this ayah. He said that whoever wishes that he should be from this ummah, meaning from the best nation, then he should fulfill the condition that Allah has laid concerning it. Are we proud as Muslims? That yeah, we are Muslims, right? proud of being a Muslim. We are those on the truth, we have the right religion, we believe in the Quran, we're going to paradise, you know, we believe in Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We see this, you know, belief in the Muslims that we are the best nation. Isn't that so? This is something that's very common. But think about it. Are we actually fulfilling the condition of being the best nation? We're very proud about our Muslim heritage. We're very proud about you know, the Muslim scientists, about the Khulafa, right? about how the Muslims were victorious in so many battles in the past, about how much they contributed to the well-being of all people. Yes, we're very happy about that. But we need to look at ourselves. What are we doing? Are we fulfilling this condition? Because, what good is it to a person if his parents were good and he is not good? If a person is just proud of the fact that, yeah, my dad's a doctor, my mom's a doctor, but I haven't even done my undergrad, I haven't even finished high school, does he have anything to be proud about? That person will still be viewed as a loser. So, what if your parents are doctors? What are you? It doesn't matter. You have to do something yourself. So likewise, we cannot just be proud about the fact that we belong to the Muslim ummah, that we have the Qur'an. We have to do something ourselves too. And what do we have to do? That which is mentioned over here, we have to fulfill the condition. And what is that? wa wa billah. Do that which is good yourself, tell others about it, don't do wrong yourself and stop others from it too and believe in Allah. وَلَوْ آمَنَ أَهْلُ الْكِتَابِ And if the people of the book had believed, meaning the Jews and the Christians, if they had believed, in who? In Muhammad sallam, in the Qur'an, لَكَانَ خَيْرًا لَهُمْ If they believed, if they accepted Iman, if they became Muslim, it would be much, much better for them. Much better for them than what? Than not believing much better for them than remaining on their disbelief. And especially for those from the people of the book, when they believe, then their iman is actually the best decision that they could ever make in their life. In a hadith we learn, the Prophet said, اَيُّمَا رَجُلٍ مِّنْ أَهْلِ الْكِتَابِ بِنَبِيِّهِ وَآمَنَ بِي falahu ajran. That any person from the people of the book who believes in his messenger, so for example, believes in Musa believes in Isa and then also believes in Muhammad then for that individual there is double reward. Double reward. So, وَلَوْ آمَنَ أَهْلُ الْكِتَابِ لَكَانَ خَيْرًا لَهُمْ If they had believed, it would have been much better for them. مِنْهُمُ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ From them, there are some believers. Meaning some of them, yes, they did believe. But, وَأَكْثَرُهُمُ الْفَاسِقُونَ But the majority of them What is their reality? They are fasiq. They are sinful. They are disobedient. And fasiq over here does not just mean sinful and disobedient. It gives a meaning of kufr. Meaning they are disbelieving. Because remember that fisq is of two levels. One is minor and the other is major. One is that a person believes, but yeah, he commits sins here and there. And the other is major. Meaning he crosses the main limit so he exits the fold of Islam. Meaning he's not a Muslim at all. So some of the people of the book, yes, they did believe. But the majority of them, they remained as disbelievers. Why are the people of the book mentioned over here? Before the Muslim ummah, who was the nation that was chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? The people of the book. They were the ones who were chosen. وَأَنِّي فَضَّلْتُكُمْ عَلَى الْعَالَمِينَ They were chosen. And why were they chosen? To do the same thing that the Muslims have been told to do. To believe in Allah, to command that which is right, to forbid that which is wrong. But what did the Ahlul Kitab do? The exact opposite. So as a result, that blessing was taken away from them. And given to who? Someone else. And those people, Allah says, Kuntum khayra ummahdin. You have proven to be the best nation because of the work that you do. Let's listen to the recitation. Kuntum khayra ukhrijat t'amuruna bil عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ وَتُؤْمِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ أَمَنَ أَهْلُ الْكِتَابِ لَكَانَ لَهُمْ مِنْهُمُ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ So in this ayah, what do we learn? That the Muslim Ummah is the best nation. We see that every nation, every group of people, they claim to be the best. Every person even claims to be the best. I'm the best, I'm the best. Have you heard that? Have you said that? Perhaps many times. So every person, every group believes that they are the best. But we see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the creator of all, the sender of the prophets, He tells us who the best nation is and why they are the best nation. Who's the best nation? The Muslim ummah. And how and why? Are they the best nation? How did they prove to be the best people? First of all, because of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's many, many blessings upon them. We see that this ummah has been blessed with many things, such as the best prophet, Muhammad s.a.w. was sent. Likewise, we see that the best law, the most moderate, the most practical deen has been given. Likewise, we see that the ummatan wasatan, moderate nation, right? Free from extremes. We see that the deen was completed, perfected. Deen is easy, it is simple, guides us in every matter. And then, secondly, it is the best nation because of the benefit that the Muslim Ummah brings to mankind. How through Amr bil Ma'roof and Nahi anil Munkar. Like I mentioned earlier, throughout history, many nations have risen. They rise today. They prosper today. But it's not necessarily for the benefit of mankind. Rather, it is for their own personal, selfish objectives, worldly reasons. If The Muslim Ummah rises. If the Muslim Ummah has power, if a Muslim, if a believer has some strength, has some authority, then he will not use it to benefit himself only. He has to, he must benefit others. Which is why we see a simple thing as zakat. When a person has a little bit of money even, okay, of a certain amount, he has it sitting for a year, then he can't just keep it to himself. He has to take a percentage out of that and give to the poor and the needy. So best nation in this manner, benefit that has to be given to the people. And we see that it is because of Iman Billah, it is because of Amr bin Ma'roof, it is because of Nahiyan al-Munkar, the Muslim Ummah is the best nation. Because when a person does this work, that he is telling people to do good, he is forbidding them from wrong, then this means that such a person will never accept mediocrity. He will never accept lesser standards. He will always do the best, he will expect better. Because you don't accept that which is wrong. You will stop someone if they're doing something wrong. You know something as small as if someone has left their garbage on the table, tissue, right? Kleenex on the floor, on the carpet. Then al munkar means that if you see them doing that, you have to stop them. So when you will enforce the rules, whether it is of cleanliness, okay, or anything else, then what are you striving for? For improvement you are aiming for better results. You won't settle with less. You won't be content with mediocrity. You will expect better. And we see that this is the reason why in the golden Islamic age, we see that the Muslims were constantly contributing to the welfare of people. If you look at it in history, many inventions were there, right? Discoveries and inventions. And all of a sudden, there was a gap of a thousand years when you look at other cultures, other civilizations, and then you see more people who are coming up with inventions and discoveries. Those thousand years that are missing, who was doing the work at that time? It was the Muslims. It was the Muslim scientists discovering things like coffee. Yes, it was a Muslim person who discovered the coffee bean, who had it himself, who brought it in for trade, and like that, coffee has spread all over the world. When you look at surgical tools even, you know where they came from? From a Muslim surgeon in Baghdad. He's the one who used to perform surgeries. So yes, many things Muslims have done to benefit humanity. Public libraries were invented in Spain. Universities, there was a woman who established the first university. So, kuntum khayra ummatin. You are the best nation. And this tells us that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expects more from us. So please, when Allah has given you some skill, some knowledge, some ability, don't just sit with that. Do something, grow, contribute. But unfortunately, when we have that skill, when we have the ability, we say, oh, I'm a woman, what can I do? I don't have that confidence. I have to be modest. I have to sit at home and do nothing. No. While observing the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, still you can contribute, you can learn. You can do a lot, you can achieve a lot. So kuntum khayra ummatin When? When you do أَمْرُ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ النَّهِيِّنَا Munkar, When you believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then we see in this ayah that the Sahaba, the companions of the Prophet وسلم, they were the best of the best people. Because who is being addressed in this ayah first of all? The companions. Kuntum You. So the Sahaba were not just the best nation, they were the best of the best nation. This is why the Prophet ﷺ said, Khairul That the best of my nation is my generation. Then those who will come after them, and then those who will come after them. And this is the reason why the Prophet ﷺ said, do not abuse my companions. Don't say anything negative about them. For if any of you were to spend gold equal to the amount of Uhud, in charity it would not equal a handful of one of them or even half of that. We could give... A mountain of gold charity. But it can never be the same in reward as the handful of dates that a companion put for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Because they were the best nation. What they did was really the best. It's because of their efforts, their sacrifice that we are Muslim. That we are benefiting at so many levels. Then we also learn in this ayah that what makes the Muslim nation best is their Amr Bil ma'ruf and Nahiyan al munkar and their Iman. The Bani Israel, before, they were obligated with this responsibility. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about them in Surah Ma'idah, ayah 78-79, that لُعِنَ اللَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا مِنْ Bani Israelِ عَلَىٰ لِسَانِ دَوُود و بْنِ مُرْيَمٍ ذَلِكَ بِمَعْصَوْ وَكَانُوا يَعْتَدُونَ That the Bani Israel, they were cursed by who? Dawood and Isa why? Because of their disobedience and their crossing limits. They would not stop from the wrong that they themselves were doing. So A, they would do wrong themselves, and B, they would not stop others from wrong either. So, don't just be happy about the fact that you are of the Muslim ummah. No, you have to fulfill the condition as well. You have to do right, and command right. You have to stay away from wrong and forbid wrong. And if we don't do that, then we are not the best people. We are not the best nation. So we have no right to be proud of being Muslims. It is not right. Then thirdly, we also learn that as long as we fulfill this condition, we are the best nation. And when we do not, then we are not the best nation. Kuntum khayra ummatin. When you are the best nation, Allah will honor you. But if you don't fulfill the condition, then what will happen? That honor will be taken away from you. We complain so much about how the Muslims are suffering today at every level. It's because we're not performing our basic, our primary responsibility, our primary obligation. We just go on agreeing with everything and everyone just to make everybody happy. And so we don't even know what is right and what is wrong. Just to be acceptable and just to please others. This is what we do. There's no right, there's no wrong. Limits of Allah are being crossed, but we don't want people to get offended. We don't want people to think we are rude. No. You can tell them in a nice way as well. Then we also learn in this ayah that the more a person engages in this noble work, the more he grows in his rank in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Meaning the more Ma'ruf, Nahir al-munkar, a person does, the more honored, the better he will be in the sight of Allah. Because when a person does this, then his focus is what? Islah, betterment, improvement of himself and also of others. Then we also learn over here that we have the choice of being either of the best people or turning away from that. We have the choice. We have the right to make that decision. Either we can be Muslims and be the best Muslims and be the best nation Or we can say, no, I don't want to be of the best people. I don't want to be of the best nation. I don't want to be doing what the best people do. But we learned that some faces will be dark on that day and other faces will be radiant. The choice is ours. The Sahaba did their work. They reached their success, their heights. The people after them also, they did their best. But what are we doing? We are very happy about our history. We are very proud about the Muslim accomplishments. But really, few years later, our children, our descendants, what will they be proud of? What will they be proud of? Really, think about it. What are we worth? What kind of an impression are we leaving in this dunya today? What work are we leaving behind? What legacy are we leaving behind ourselves that our children are happy about us? They're proud of us. Our grandchildren, they remember us. And they think that, yes, my grandmother was like this or my grandfather was like that. What are we doing? We want to be known for our beauty. We want to be known for our good makeup skills or our collection of amazing bags or purses or shoes or whatever. But this is dunya. This will remain. This will become outdated. We have to see that what benefit are we bringing to people? اُخْرِجَتْ Nas, <inaudible> You have been produced for the benefit of people. If you benefit then you are good. And if you don't, if you just suck, take, benefit yourself, and don't benefit others, then you are not the best nation. So the choice is ours. The Prophet said, there will always remain a group of people from among this ummah until the Day of Judgment, who would invite to good and forbid what is wrong. Until the Day of Judgment, this work will continue. But we have to ask ourselves, are we a part of this group? Are we doing this? Are we of the best nation? Or are we settled with mediocrity and lesser standards? And we think it's okay. When it comes to dunya, do we ever say that, yeah, it's okay. I'm okay the way I am. I don't want to improve. No, we always want to improve. Which is why if a person is aging, then they're looking for solutions to make their skin look younger, right? If a person has a problem, they want to fix it. When it comes to beauty, when it comes to physical things, when it comes to material things, we're so concerned. But when it comes to our deen, we have to be equally concerned, if not more. إِلَّا adha. <أَذَى> they will never harm you except for a slight hurt. Over here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is comforting the believers. When a person does Amr bil ma'roof, anil then will there be a backlash? Yeah? Will he suffer some kind of opposition? Definitely. The Prophet ﷺ, when he did Amr bin ma'ruf, when he did Nahir al-Munkar, then what happened? He was pelted with stones, he was ridiculed in public, he was harassed, he was insulted, he was physically hurt. He had to go through a lot. But he didn't give up because he had well-wishing for people. Likewise, if we take this work seriously, if we really want good for people, then we cannot stop. We have to continue telling them about good. We have to continue stopping people from wrong, creating this awareness. But when you will do that, you will suffer. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comforts the believers that لَن يَضُرُّوكُمْ إِلَّا أَذَا They, meaning the Yahud and the Nasara, the Ahlul Kitab, who did not believe, the majority of whom remain disbelievers, they can never hurt you. They can never harm you. إِلَّا except أَذَا أَذَا is a slight harm a slight injury, a small one. So, yes, they will be able to harm you in some way, but how much will that be? Only a little bit. In other words, your opponents, your enemy, can never completely destroy you. Your enemy can never completely exterminate you. They can hurt you a little bit through their words, their schemes, their lies, their false accusations, whatever. But can they completely, absolutely destroy you? No, they cannot. Primarily this ayah is referring to the Yahud of Medina. Because they were the ones who were living there, and they were the ones from whom the Muslims would suffer every now and then. You know, they would come up with some scheme, some plot to harm the Muslims. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is comforting them that they can't hurt you except just a little bit. So don't worry about what they say, about what they do. in yuqatilukum. And remember that if these people were to fight you from qital, qaf, talam, then yuallukumul adbar. Then they will turn to you their backs, meaning they will run away from you, turning their backs towards you. ثم لا ينصرون, and then they will not be helped. Al adbar is the plural of dubur, which is used for back. And this is a reality that the Yehud of Medina, they were extremely wealthy, very well off, well fortified, well protected. They were people of great military might, but despite all that, they never had the courage to come face-to-face to to Muslims in battle. They never had that strength. They never had that ability to really come face-to-face with Muslims in battle. The Muslims fought many battles with the mushrikeen. But when it came to the Yahud, there was no battle that was face-to-face. There was only that the Yahud locked themselves up in their fortresses and defended themselves and eventually they gave up. They resigned. But... This is a reality. al Then they will not be helped. Because over here, we see that the Yahud, apparently they were very well off, but in their hearts they were disunited. Allah says, You think that they are together, but in reality their hearts are disunited. Which is why in the previous verses, again and again we were told to stay far away from disunity. Because disunity, what does that do? It creates weakness. When people are divided, then they become cowards. Then they don't have courage. Because if they cannot trust one another, then how can they come together for a greater cause? They cannot. Can they defend themselves at large? No. Can they together achieve something? No, they cannot. Why? Because they are disunited amongst themselves. So we see that this is the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reassures the Prophet sallallahu alaihi that don't worry about them. They're disunited. They cannot harm you. And this shows to us that as Muslims, we have to remain united. We have to remain united. We have to do what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us to do. Because if we're not fulfilling our duty and we get lost in other things, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa that inna الذين فرقوا deenahum wa kanu shia'an منهم minhum شيء. that those people who have divided their religion and become into sects, into groups then you, O Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa are not associated with them in anything then such people will not get the help of Allah you know we say that how come we don't get the help of Allah today the sahaba did but why don't we get the help why? because there is a difference in how the sahaba were and how we are They did what brought the help of Allah. And we are not doing something that brings the help of Allah. And what is it? That we are neglecting our primary responsibility of islah, of correcting ourselves, of correcting one another, correcting the community. We are lacking in this. Like it was mentioned earlier that knowledge, information, they're different. If a person has a lot of information but it's not benefiting him, then a computer is more valuable than him. Because in that person is just like a donkey carrying books. So, it's not just about learning and learning and learning. It's about applying. It's about doing. Because unless we do that, we cannot get the help of Allah. Our situation cannot get better. Whether we are suffering in our family lives, or we are suffering at a larger level, at a community level, we need to fulfill our basic obligations to deserve the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if we're neglecting our responsibilities, then the help of Allah will not be there. Allah says about the Yahud, those who divided up their religion, those whose hearts are disunited, Allah says about them, Dhill, humiliation, has been struck upon them. from ضرب, which is to strike. Over here doesn't literally mean Strike. But it means it has been put on them so that they cannot get away from it. It has been laid on them. What is dhilla? Humiliation. And it's basically when someone's honor is taken away from them so that they are brought down. They're insulted and humiliated in the sight of people. So humiliation has been stuck to them. They have been laid under humiliation. By who? Who has taken away their honor from them? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they do a lot to earn respect. But every time they gain some respect, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala pulls it away from them. عَلَيْهِمُ الذِّلَّةُ Wherever they were found. suqifu From سَقَفَ It gives us two meanings. One is wherever they are overtaken. And secondly, wherever they are found. Meaning wherever they exist in the world. Any place they go to. Any place they take refuge in. Who? The Ahlul Kitab. That wherever they are, wherever they may be in this world, what happens? They are struck by humiliation. Their honor is stripped away from them. Why? What's the reason? Because they do not do Amud Bil Ma'ruf and Nahiyanil Munkar. And if we Muslims don't fulfil our responsibility, then the same will happen with us too. We can be very proud about the fact that yes, we are Muslims, but if we don't do what we're supposed to do then honor will be taken away from us as well. Then a person does not respected in his own house, in his own homeland, in a place where he should deserve respect. Even there, he doesn't get respect. Why? Because amr bil ma'ruf, nahi al munka are lacking. So dzuribat 'alayhimu dzillatu ainama suqifu except meaning the only way they can deserve honor is how. Except through habl from Allah or habl from people. What is habl? What is habl? Rope. A means of achieving something. Right? Habl, a rope is basically a means through which you gain something. You attain your purpose, your goal. Now what is the rope of Allah over here? It refers to the deen of Allah. So anywhere they are in this world, they suffer from humiliation unless they turn to the deen of Allah. Unless they turn to Allah seeking His protection, seeking His help. And this is true. When a person turns to Allah and his connection with Allah becomes stronger, then what will happen? Then what will happen? Allah will honor him. Allah will honor him. And when a person's Connection with Allah is weak Then He is without any honor. There are people who may not have any worldly thing that people appreciate because of which people respect others, you know, such as beauty or wealth or worldly education, worldly degree or what. But still, they are honorable. Why? Because Allah has honored them. And why has Allah honored them? Because they turn to Allah. Because they are holding on to the rope of Allah. إِلَّا بِحَبْلِمْ min Allah, Or, وَحَبْلِمْ مِنَ nas Or, a rope from people. Meaning the only way they can survive somewhere is if they have some connection with people, a strong bond with people. Meaning if they make a treaty, a pact, or something with people. So in other words, on their own, they cannot survive. Either... They survive under Allah's protection or they survive under people's protection. bi min Allah, And they have returned with the anger of Allah. Meaning they have incurred the anger of Allah upon themselves. Why? ghadab is anger. Why? Do you get angry at someone just like that? For nothing that they have done? No. When someone has done something seriously wrong, then you become angry with them. And ghadab in particular is such kind of anger that translates into, you know, taking some kind of action against the one whom you're angry with. So, in other words, it's such anger that turns into inflicting punishment. Taking retribution. So, waba'u bi min Allah. They have incurred the anger of Allah, meaning the punishment of Allah, upon themselves. Why? Because of the wrong that they have been doing and Maskana Poverty Dependence has also been struck upon them. Meaning wherever they are, no matter what situation in, they are always poor. Maskana. Maskana from the root letter seen kafnun. And maskana is such poverty in which a person has the desire to have more. He's always wanting more. He wants his money to grow and increase and double. And he has bukhl as well. He is stingy as well. So on the one hand, a person wants his money to increase. And on the other hand, he is stingy. And maskana is basically when a person is so poor at heart that no matter how much he has, he always feels that it is less. That even if he has a closet full of clothes, He will think he doesn't have clothes. Or she will think she doesn't have any new clothes. That a person has a house, a car, a job, you know, food, but still he feels, I have no money. I don't have this, I don't have that. This is maskana. So if you think about it, maskana is what kind of poverty? Poverty of the heart. That even when a person has He wants more. He thinks what he has is not sufficient. You know like they say, less is always more. It's the exact opposite with such a person. That more is always less. More is always less for him. He wants more. He feels he is poor. And if you think about it, the majority of the people suffer from this today. Majority of the people suffer from this poverty today. That no matter what we have, we're not happy. We always want more. You know, if we have a smaller house, we want a bigger house. If we have one car, we want another car. Right? If we've taken a trip to one country, we want to go to another country. Isn't that so? If we have, you know, one refrigerator, we want another one for the basement. Right? If we have one pair of glasses, we want another pair, just in case the first one breaks. Right? If we have... One you know, computer, we also want a laptop. We have one telephone, we also need a mobile phone. I mean, yes, things are different today when your work demands that, that's a different story. But we see that our list of demands never ends. Our wish list has no end to it. This is maskana. That even though we are so well off, Allah has blessed us with so many things, instead of counting our blessings, we are counting those things which we don't have. maskana. And when a person is suffering from maskana, then what is his goal? Dunya. What is his worry? Dunya. What brings him happiness? Dunya. What is he a slave to? This dunya. If he loses something... Of this dunya, he is miserable. If he gets something of this dunya, he is so excited that it's as if he has reached the moon. So, maskana poverty, maskana, maskana has been inflicted on these people. Why? بأنهم, that is because they used to yakfuruna bi They used to disbelieve in the verses of Allah, and the Bani Israel they were known for this, famous for this. Infamous for this, rather. We see that right at the beginning, Musa rescued them from the torture of Fir'aun. And when they crossed the sea, they saw a people worshipping idols. And what did they say? Ya Musa, ejal lana ilahan kama lahum ahliha. Musa, make for us a god, just like these people have gods. We want an idol too. And when Musa salam went to the mount, to get the Torah, what did they do? They made an idol for themselves. Isn't that disbelief of the ayat of Allah? Allah is the one who saved them. Fir'aun was drowned in front of them. The sea was parted for them. The food was sent to them in the desert. Man and Salwa. Springs were gushed out for them from the rock. So many blessings, so many ayat. But what was their attitude? Of kufur. ذَلِكَ بِأَنْدَهُمْ كَانُوا يَكْفُرُونَ so the kufr of the ayat of Allah, that a person knows about what Allah has commanded, he sees the blessings of Allah, yet he doesn't change himself. And this leads to what? Maskana, poverty. Poverty of the heart. وَيَقْتُلُونَ الْأَنْبِيَاءَ بِغَيْرِ حَقٍ And they used to kill the prophets without any right. Meaning pure injustice. Obviously, killing a prophet would be absolute injustice. Because a person can never have the right to kill a prophet of Allah. You can only kill... Someone who deserves to be killed, meaning deserves to be punished in that way, and for that he has to have committed a severe crime. And it can never be expected that a Prophet of Allah would commit such a crime. So, وَيَقْتُلُونَ الْأَنْبِيَاءَ بِغَيْرِ حَقِّ And what led them to this? That they dared to kill the Prophets of Allah? also, that is because they used to disobey. Wakanu يَعْتَدُونَ and they used to transgress. Also from عِصْيَان Ain to disobey the command and يَعْتَدُونَ from اعتداء, to not care about the limits and to do whatever a person wants to do. So we see that over here, a chain reaction of sins. A chain reaction of sins. Notice bi ذلك ذلك Right? This is because they used to, this is because they used to. So a chain reaction of wrong Initiated by what? What started this chain reaction? What started it? What's mentioned at the end? Sin, disobedience. When a person sins, when a person disobeys, then what happens? If somebody tells him not to do that, does he like it? No. So even if the Prophet of Allah were to tell him to not do that wrong, will he listen? No. He will go to the extent of even killing the Prophet. And he will go to the extent of opposing the truth, denying the truth, even though it's a reality, yet he will not accept it. So we see that sin leads to greater sin. One sin leads to another. It leads to greater sin. And this is what brings the downfall, the decline of a person, of an individual, of a community, of a nation. It begins from what? Disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The history of Bani Israel is summarized over here. That how Allah gave them so much, but how they declined, how they suffered. Why? Because of all of these crimes that are mentioned over here. So we need to look at ourselves. These ayat are not just to condemn the Ahlul Kitab. These ayat are so that we learn from them and change our behavior. They did wrong themselves. Forget about stopping wrong. They did wrong themselves. This led to kufr. This led to qatl of the prophets. This led to qatl of the righteous people. This developed poverty in their hearts. Love for this world. Not striving for the year after. Forgetting the year after. And as a result, they are unprotected in this dunya. Unprotected. Unless they turn to Allah or they take refuge with people. If they don't turn to Allah, they don't take refuge from people, they have nothing. They are struck by Humility. So, in these ayat is a great lesson. That as Muslims, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us an obligation that we do good ourselves and we tell others to. We don't do bad ourselves and we stop others as well. And if we don't fulfill this obligation, then what will happen? Suffering and decline, poverty and misery and humiliation.